Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'd like to think that I've mellowed. Now that I'm 50 plus, I'm not sure that I have. But like I look at the Lemonator, I don't know if we're similar or not. Um... I know for a fact that I wear people out. That's a big reason why I just keep rotating around. I wear people out. I wonder if Sean Lemon wears people out. I don't know him well enough to say whether he does or not. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Hour two of a football Friday. We're coming at you live from Century Downs Racetrack and Casino in beautiful Calgary, Alberta, where we're very excited about a very fun weekend. CFL Week 8 is at hand. It kicks off tonight. We haven't addressed the NHL a lot because it's a football Friday. And NFL training camps were in full swing. Uh, Our poll questions related to that. I will tell you, coming up this hour, Jim Barker, five-time Great Cup champion. Two-time Great Cup champion Jeff Fairholm joins us live here, and I feel bad. Jeff Fairholm, with the Argos and the Riders, he's won CFL championships. And, man, you just had surgery. Old football injuries, eh? I guess so. Catching up to you. I had a hip replaced two weeks ago, so I'm moving around pretty good. Yes, as you said, I'm dragging you around to every casino in Calgary. If you ever go, if, can they build one on the west side? It'd be much easier for you. It would be, yeah. Be yeah. But I know you're always down to talk football. Jeff won a great cup. CFL title in 1989 with Saskatchewan and uh, in 1996 with the Toronto Argonauts. And he is, incidentally, my favorite all-time Rough Rider. So it's always a pleasure to interview him. And as I've said to you, when you meet your heroes, you hope not to be disappointed. Jeff's been better. So how excited are you for Touchdown Atlantic on Saturday with your two former teams? Yeah, I know. I really wish I was. I was thinking of going and then the surgery came up. So obviously I'm not there. Uh, But I was looking forward to going. I've been to one uh, it is quite... We were there together. That's right. Yeah, we, yeah. that's right. We were at the golf tournament and stuff. And it was, you know, it's, it's a fun time. I think it's great to, to go somewhere else. I'm sure the players enjoy it. It's, I liken it to when we had the American teams and you got a chance to go to some different cities instead of going to Edmonton four times a year. So, yeah. you know, it's... Or should I say Winnipeg? Yeah, Winnipeg. Whatever it is, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot more fun for the players. I think it's exciting, you know, that the fans that go have a lot of fun. And, hey, what better city than Halifax to have some fun in? Absolutely. It's the marquee summer game in the Canadian Football League being played in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Now, we're carried out there on East Link Cable, Rogers Cable on Game Plus Television. We have a lot of viewers out there, and that's why I don't mind spending a significant amount of time on the game. And because we were both there, I want to know your thoughts on the environment, the appetite for pro football out there. What did you sense? Now, this is 2019. Feels like a lot longer ago than that. Sure does. Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah well, well, COVID we, was in between. We went through COVID, which yeah. took, what, 10 years. Um, <laughs> so it was, it's hard to say. I think that the, the game itself was good. The people seemed to be into it. But it's hard to tell how many people are traveling. To mm-hmm. the game. You know, so I don't know how many locals were there. Um, and I think we were in Moncton, weren't we? Yep. I think we were in Moncton. So we went to Moncton. And, you know, I think Moncton might be the right spot if they build a team. But So I don't know what Halifax is like. I don't know... You know, having a game there, what it's like. 
but uh, from all intents and purposes, it sounds like it's sounds like it's it's well received. So whether or not tra- whether or not that transitions into a, another team in, in Atlanta, Canada, I don't know. I mean, it's taking too long, so I would say no. Yeah. But, you know, it's fun. It's fun regardless for this week. It, but that's the point. It's one thing to go in there once a year, and it's another to put a team in there. Right. Oh, right. it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I just felt that day at the game. Again, you're there as an Argos alum watching your team against Montreal. Great game, went down to the last play. Yep. Uh, as you recall, Kahari Jones' Alouettes versus, I can't remember who was coaching the Argos then. Do you? No. No, I, <laughs> I don't even remember. I know Danny Webb was there. That's how Yeah, I well, I do, and I do remember before, and Bob Bronk, yeah. uh, now the head of the CFL Alumni Association, or I think he's the president. But the, the pregame hype, the festivities, they did a great. Damon Allen addressed the crowd. They had the interactive exhibits. It's everything you would want. And I assume that'll be the same way this weekend. Now, having said that, it's a little like a mini Grey Cup. There's the party, there's the events, now there's the game, right? Two distinct different things. Argos are favored by 10 and a half. You go along with that or not? That's a big spread in the CFL, but yes. it's hard to it's hard to argue. I mean, you know, our, the Saskatchewan defense has not shown that they can play two games in a row. And it's, the defense showed up against BC. I thought they played a great game, and they got a little tired at the end. But I thought they played great. Can they can they parlay that into two games? I don't know. And against a high-powered Toronto offense, that's going to be rough. But the defense has to step up because the offense right now is, is sort of limping on, on both legs. So you were an Argo. You won a great cup in 96 with them. You played with Flutie. How do you like this talk that if they go 6-0, and they've only been one other time, 1935? John Lynch remembers. He's about the only guy, <laughs> right? Uh, to say this is the best Argo team ever is saying a lot. It's and nobody's really saying that but me, but they're off to a great start. They are off to a great start, and they look good. And at the start of the season, everyone was saying, well, the Argos look good. And I said, well, it all depends on Kelly. I mean, he's an unknown guy. He played good for what he did in the Grey Cup last year. But I think he's playing great. And, you know, I'm, I'm a sort of show-me kind of guy, and he's shown me, and he's playing great. I think as long as he stays healthy, this team with that defense that they have and the offense as powerful as it is, you know, they have a chance to do some wonderful things. Rob in BC says, I'm not sure the CFL can successfully locate a team in the Atlantic region long term. As a novelty one-off, it's a huge success, but through thick and thin, I don't know. Well, I guess you never know until you try. Right. Um, you must feel pretty charmed that you got to play in Sask, which is the, as they say, Green Bay of the CFL. I've heard in the States people say it's the Dallas Cowboys of the the CFL, uh, sure, it's it's just <laughs> awesome. Well, in terms of profile, yeah, maybe you know, that's all. Yeah, other than that, no. More Green Bay. Yeah, I would but, say Green But Bay. then Toronto, the biggest city in the country, you got to play there, right? That's pretty good markets to win championships with and be alum of. Yeah, I mean, sure, anytime you win a great cup, it's a great market to be in. <laughs> but, you know, when you go from Regina to Toronto, aside from the size of the city and the different people, the, the way that Saskatchewan treats a... You know, big fish in a small pond versus Toronto, where you're a small fish in a big pond. It's it's very different. I mean, you could get into a taxi or walk in Toronto and not meet anybody that would recognize you as a football player. But in Regina, you know, you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere without being recognized. So it's very different. Um, you're still a professional football player, but they've got a lot lot else going on in Toronto. And but it's growing. And you know, if they keep winning, it's going to do nothing but put bums in the seats, which is fantastic for the CFL and especially the Toronto Argonauts.
Viewer Janelle says, I think it's a bit soon to call them the best Argo team of all time. Is there no concern that the Argos are peaking too soon? How many times have we seen that happen and by their own eye? Nobody's saying it but me. Let's just say, I'm just going by the numbers. They're 5-0 and oh, and they've only been one other time. And it's also, who are these guys? You can't tell me that they know in the market who Chad Kelly is or A.J. Ouellette or half these guys. Like pinball, everybody knew. Chris Schultz, they knew. Yep. Right? Well, and, and they're, they're going to get to know them as they continue yeah. to win. I mean, it takes a long time. I mean, pinball is, a, is an anomaly. He's, everybody knew pinball from day one. But, you know, everyone, everyone does know a lot, of those, a lot of those superstars that were there in the past. But it takes time. And, you know, I call Toronto a show-me state. They're like, they're like Missouri. And it takes a while for people to, to jump on the bandwagon because that's the way the Toronto fans are. Aside, of course, from the, the extremely loyal Argo fans that have been there forever, uh, which are far and few. But the major population needs to see something that's going to give them some entertainment. And it's a, not only are they winning, they're winning entertainingly. I don't know if I've ever asked you. You consider Montreal as your hometown? I don't really know. No? I'm kind of all over Montreal, Toronto, you know. Okay. Yeah, whatever. I just wondered if it was nagged you that you didn't play for the Owls, but clearly no, it doesn't. No, no, no. Okay. Well, the Owls didn't exist when I, wasn't when I played. So I think I only played against the Owls, yeah, one time when they came back in 80, in 96. Um, so I only played one game right. against them. Good so. point. Well, so that feeds into... John Ohm in Winnipeg says, Any funny stories about playing in the USA? In the 90s during CFL expansion days, Jeff? Well, funny story. I guess there's, I have a lot that I can't say on air. But, <laughs> there, you know, being in Shreveport, Louisiana, I can tell you, was no fun. You could cut the air with a knife. It was just brutal. And we had, you know, I remember catching a pass and running for a touchdown in Shreveport. And in the, like halfway through the first quarter, and I went to the sidelines and told the trainers, I'm done. My legs were completely shot. I had two IV bags at halftime. We had people on the bus throwing up because everyone was dehydrated it's just a terrible place to play <laughs> and, and and i would just, i don't know what it's like to live but you know being being able to go to those places you know sacramento and las vegas and san antonio they're fun cities so it was just fun to get to some different places do you think it was because you weren't acclimated to it because i go to these high school seven on seven events in july i did it and those kids were acting like it was no big deal yeah, but they were be. raised in it. My, I played for. I was playing for Toronto then when we did that, and Toronto was pretty humid. And but I'll tell you, it was nothing like Shreveport, Louisiana. You got off the bus and you instantly started sweating. So. Yeah, Bill uh, Edwards says Argos should win by ten. Go Argos! Shh, for best ever until after the last game of the year, says Bill. Um, Rob says in BC says everybody should know Willette by now. He's a Georgia guy. He's the one with the long blonde hair and the mullet. By the way, from what I've seen in Georgia, I've been through there a few times, everybody looks like that. <laughs> he stands out in Toronto. Yeah. Not Georgia. He stands but, out on the football field, too. What a football player. He's a stud. And he's, a, he's that lunch pail, blue collar kind of guy that, that people can fall in love with. And he just works hard. Just love watching him. Jeff's going to be with us. By the way, it's 11-11 Mountain, 111 Eastern. Uh, that's a good sign. Just going to be with us for a couple segments, but Jim Barker's coming up in the next segment. You've been in this town long enough to have seen all the Bo Levi exploits, all the hype. 
see you starting tonight, coming off a six-game early? Yeah, that's great. I mean, they need him, too. I mean, they need somebody who can, who can run that offense. Now, he didn't exactly play great when he, when he started those first few games, but they need him to play well. Uh, they're playing an Ottawa team that's up and coming. You know, they've won in, you know, last second and, and overtimes. But, you know, it's good to see that, that some teams are starting to prop up a little bit in the East. And Hamilton needs a quarterback that can, you know, distribute the ball and win a football game. But it's going to be a good game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's funny. I asked you if you were better and you said not. But I always pay attention to the betting lines only because it's a good indication of what the experts think is going to happen. Like last week, they had the Riders... Well, BC favored by 10 and a half at BC. BC won by 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tonight, Ottawa is favored by two at home to Hamilton. And that's with both starts. They changed the line. It was three and a half, now two. So they think Ottawa's going to win despite Bo coming back. It's amazing how good they are at those spreads. I don't know how they do I, it. That's, and that's why I don't bet. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. But especially when you look at the NFL, how great they are with that. But, you know, CFL, yeah, I mean... If those are experts and they know what they're talking about, then sounds like we're in for a good game. So we'll yeah. Oh, absolutely. David in Winnipeg says, hey, Rod and Jeff, with the Argos 5-0 and and burning through their two buys already, do they continue to roll or do they regress and their record brings them down to earth? I'm not a big fan of the buys, to be honest. I mean, if, if you have maybe one a year, that's good. But, you know, the buys can can take you off of a, off of a streak too, right? They take your momentum away. And, you know, the guys go away, then they come back and everything else. So I think it's in their favor that the buys are, that their buys are, are away now. Um, momentum. Huh? Momentum. They can just keep going on a streak, and who knows? As long as they stay healthy, that's always the, the million-dollar question in the CFL. You talked about your legs giving out in Louisiana. I wonder about the health thing, though. As the season goes along, now you're a prima donna receiver. You're not a lineman. Right. But... <laughs> How banged up do you get through the course of the year? Because, you know, your career was cut short due to injury. Yeah. Right? You, so. get, you get banged up a lot. Um, but this year, I have a theory on that, Rod. This year, there seems to be an awful lot of, uh, of injuries. And I spent some time at Ryder training camp this year, and I was shocked at how little they did. And, you know, they don't hit. They don't even hardly wear pads. Most of the time, you know, there were three-hour practices, and I think the first hour and a half was walkthrough. And... So I wonder if they're just not conditioned enough. But I'm not saying they're not in shape, because they are. They're in better shape than we were going to training camp. But I'm just wondering if they're not game conditioned, because they're not playing in preseason. And then when they get in that first game, man, it's, it's all guns a-blazing, and you got to play 60 minutes. It's tough. Then who could have seen that coming? Because you, I don't know if you heard us talking earlier, Joel Burrow goes down in yeah. Cincy camp with a calf injury. Jalen Ramsey tears his knee up. He could in Miami. I mean, that stuff happens. I mean, no, I know, but they're not contacting either. Right. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So what I'm saying is there might be something to that, and they did this to preserve preserve health. Yeah. I'm not saying you go in and beat the crap out of everybody, but I think there needs to be some football being played in practice. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, you need. I always like to. You know, I didn't like the hitting in practice. I, yes, I was a prima donna receiver, but I did like playing at least a quarter in that first game and at least a half in that second game in preseason because I wanted my legs to be ready when I know I had to go play a full game that, that first game of the season. Isn't that interesting? What I'm saying is I'm piggybacking off what you're saying or maybe fortifying your theory that they did this to save the bodies, yet ironically more guys are getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and, and who could have predicted that? And the Riders last year, remember, they had all those Achilles injuries from that silly drill that they were doing. Well, you know, Again, that's an anomaly, but 
you know, you've got to have some, I mean, the, the offensive linemen weren't even hitting the defensive linemen. I mean, no wonder people are getting hurt when they go in full speed. You know, it's just, that's a theory. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. <laughs> Five-time Great Cup champion Jim Barker joins us next. Jeff Fairholm's going to stick with us and join us a little later on. We're live from Century Downs Racetrack and Casino in Calgary on a football Friday on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, podcast and YouTube Live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus. Use your game sense. It's a football Friday live from Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. By the way, next week, folks, we'll be giving away a couple of pairs of tickets to the Calgary Stampeders' next home game. That's next Friday night. We'll start the contest on Monday. We've been talking NFL, CFL. Uh, Jim Barker has worked in all the leagues, won championships in all of them, and he is now on TSN as a football analyst, five-time Great Cup champion, as I said. Hey, uh, Coach, if you don't mind, if I may. You heard our conversation there. I think you did. What do you think about this injury discussion? Well, I, I think Jeff, my first year in the CFL, Jeff was still playing with the Riders. So I got a chance to be on the staff with uh, when Jeff was a player there. And, you know, I completely concur with, with the whole premise. When they came out with that rule about four years ago that there can you cannot have contact practices only two contact practices and things like that I don't know how you get ready to play a game where you have to tackle and you have contact every play without having contact and yet uh you know like I mean you look at the the preseason this year uh quarterbacks hardly even played Bo Levi played one series against the Argos. That was it. The whole preseason had never been. Trevor Harris, too. Trevor Harris, same thing. Yeah, I just, it makes no sense to me. The whole, that whole concept of, uh, I mean, Don Matthews, when I worked for Don, uh, and again, he was the smartest man I ever worked for in the CFL and and was just brilliant. His whole philosophy was the starting quarterback's going to tell me how much he's going to play. And if he needs to play, if Flutie needed three quarters, he'd play three quarters. If he was ready to come out after at halftime, then great. If he wanted to play a whole game, he played the whole game. And that dictated what the starters did. And that was just the way it was. And he, there was never any worry. He didn't care at all about the injury thing. 
and and in 1997, the year we won the Grey Cup, um, we had Doug Flutie at quarterback, but we had six man games lost the entire season uh, to injury. Now, a lot of that was just Don's reputation of you better be ready because if you get hurt, you may never get your job back. That was that was the the rep Don brought in, but uh, still. It was just, it was more of a, and we didn't do a lot of, of contact once the season started, but in training camp, we sure did and, uh, and got people ready. But the n- amount of injuries nowadays is, it's crazy. I mean, it's like to, to just watching and, and it's in the NFL too. With, you know, the Joe Burrow thing is, I'm sure they were terrified it was an Achilles. Uh, they say it's just a, a ruptured calf, but uh, you know, and then you get the meniscus with uh, with the defensive back, and uh, you know, it's just it's one of those things that injuries are a part of it. It seems like they've exacerbated, and I don't know if it's the training regimen or that they do in the off season. They just they come with their muscles so tight. I mean, back in the days when I when I was there with Fairholme, uh, you know, I remember that was the first year they took beer out of the locker rooms after you know after practice and training camp. I mean, players would go in after training camp and they'd, they'd go in the locker room and they'd drink beer for a couple hours and it was all part of the, the ritual of the CFL. So I remember, yeah, Pooch, Pooch Hendrickson at Fairholme, well, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about this. They, they rented a milk truck and backed a milk truck up to the locker room so that they could still drink after practice, still have their beers. They just had to do it in the milk truck. So, you know, it was a different mentality, but we had nowhere near the number of injuries that happen now. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks in the CFL, it's just, it's, it's mind blowing. You, uh, we should have a camera on Jeff as you talk, because he's sitting there leaning up towards the speaker. <laughs> and when you talked about the beer, he's like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Danny Barrett uh, of all people. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Ask him about this. The day I left, it was all the guest coaches were leaving, and Ray Yock, who was just, he was brilliant. I just loved him. But he said, you guys be ready toward the end of practice as you're running them. Just be ready. And it was a Wednesday practice, and we're running guys on sprints and things. All of a sudden, the milk truck comes up to the practice field, and all the coaches run to get into the milk truck before the players because they filled it up every Wednesday. So, he, he grabbed all the coaches off the practice field, and we took off to someplace in Regina, I don't know, up on a mountain, and we drank their beer, and it was uh, it was it was just a hilarious moment. <laughs> that, well, that there's I only remember. one mountain there. The there's only one. It's it's in Douglas Park. Yeah, man-made, I think. But <laughs> Norm Fong's watching right now, the Hall of Fame equipment manager of the Riders, and he will, I think, back me up on this. Danny Barrett was the one who came in in 2000 and said, "No beer." In the locker room, no alcohol. And that was 2000 when Danny did it. So it's interesting uh, that you said, sorry to cut yeah, you off was, on that. But Oh, that was yeah. 94. That was 1994. And the CFL outlawed it in locker rooms. Teams could still do it, yeah, they but they outlawed it. And that was the, like I say, they, they got the milk truck. Because I didn't understand any of it. I had no idea they ever had beer in locker rooms and that kind of thing. Yeah. So who's making the call? on the quarterbacks and what other skill positions guys aren't playing that much in the preseason? Is it the coaches? Is it the yeah. owners? Because it's happened in both NFL and no. CFL. Who's making that call? It's it's the head coaches. 
Um, I'm sure they, they confer with their general managers if they have. If they're not the same guy. I mean, currently the, the three bottom teams in the league are guys who are head coach slash general managers. And so who, who they discuss with, I, that I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's the head coaches. And, you know, they're so, uh, again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a business that's very difficult because there's very few secure people in the, in the, in the coaching profession. And uh, I think that, you know, you think, okay, I mean, any team in this league, any team in the NFL, you lose your starting quarterback, your season's gone. And it's very difficult for a coach who, who knows, okay, if we lose this guy, how do I go ahead and play him in the preseason? And, uh, again, back to Don Matthews and, the, and, and preseason philosophies um, was our quarterback's going to play as much as he needs to play. And then that kind of puts the responsibility on the player, too. Um, but he also had a philosophy that if they're going to play their starting quarterback, we're going to blitz him every down, and he may complete 100 for a million yards, but he's going to get hit every single time he throws the ball. And, again, uh, that's, that's kind of just the way coaches coaches are. But, yeah, I think it's coaches that make that decision. And, you know, when you when you know what happens, I mean, think about, think about the Bengals. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. But you go from – the starting quarterback Joe Burrow to whoever it is—it's it, not a pretty sight. It's a big drop off. Norm Fong is watching and texts in on the Progressive Insurance text line nine zero two five one eight thirty thirty three. He says, "Rod, the milk truck was used as our equipment truck. This is a true story. Coach Barker is telling." <laughs> well, I assume that it was, but thank you, Fongo, for corroborating. Jerry Foot is he watching. The, he in. snagged the uh, the key. Normie snagged the key out of Pooch's locker so that Ray could take it. So Norm was that he was a, a part of it and helped help and went that, and hit it in the Orientals it. den. Yes. Uh, Jerry is watching in Halifax. He writes that he says, hi, Rod, the Halifax game is sold out for quite a while now. I disagree that the CFL would not make it here. Halifax is booming. Second fastest growth in Canada right now. Starved for pro sports entertainment. Packed, we packed the Scotiabank Center with pro lacrosse that uh, has no lineage here. Watch tomorrow, and it will rock. I'm not anti-Halifax. I'm not anti-CFL and Halifax. Let's do it and stop talking about it then. That's all that I'm saying, Jerry. How excited are you for the game, both on the field and off, Jim? Uh, you know, Touchdown Atlantic is an exciting thing. It's an exciting thing. It's exciting for the players. Um, he's right. I mean, I was. we played in Moncton the first year I went there in 2010, and 2010 or 2011 and we played in Moncton and I went to some high school games the Friday before the game the night before the game I went to maybe three different high school games in the area they were sold out kids all had their faces painted I was blown away I was shocked at the football there I've always felt that it could be it would be a lot like Saskatchewan where people drive for five hours six hours to go to the game I, I just feel that same kind of thing in Halifax. Now, with that being said, you know, they have a lot of things going on right now. I mean, you know, this, with some of the flooding and some of the things that have gone on in the past, you know, couple months even, I mean, there's the the money for the for a stadium. And, you know, I believe there's a lot of, of, of wealthy people there that would like to do something like this. The question is, can they, can they make it work 
in an interim basis until they establish a, um, uh, enough people that can that can uh, sustain a you know a twenty thousand seat stadium, which is you know probably what they'd be looking at. So I know it's been close a couple times in twenty eighteen. Bruce Bowser, uh, who owns AMJ Campbell, um, Bruce was very close to. You know, he had about eight different people, and I, I met with all of them, and we were in Ottawa for the Grey Cup together, and it was very close. But, you know, things with, you know, where the stadium was going to be and the tax struck and things like that, it just kind of fell apart, and and uh, that's, that seems to be what's happened. So I think it would be fantastic. I do think there's a bit of a problem because of the timing. Um, they don't even... Like you get uh, most games if they start at at seven thirty in in you know uh, in Toronto in the East that's eight thirty there so they're watching games at having to watch games at midnight and then any game from the West that comes they're they're watching at one and two in the morning and that's a bit of a that's a bit of a problem I know what BC's doing now playing a ton of four o'clock Saturday games. Uh, and Sunday games, uh, at, but at four o'clock has been, I, I think, has been gold for the CFI. I think the, the ratings are up. I think the um, people are watching watching the games more, and uh, I love what they're doing with the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule. It's like, I mean, you have for four days, you got a CFL game every day, and that's that's pretty exciting. It's fantastic on national television, and the ratings are up, and they show it. Or maybe it's because you're on there. I'm not sure. But it's all working <laughs> together, going the right way, Jim. Listen, we have uh, three minutes. Bo Levi, to me, a bit of a surprise starter tonight for the Ticats at Ottawa. How do you think that affects the game? Well, obviously, it affects it. I, I, I wasn't surprised because you don't take a guy off on the fifth week of the sixth game when, you, when he's a high ticket guy unless you know he can do all the things he has to do so when they took him off the sixth game list I said to everybody he's, he's going to be playing there's no way they're taking him off and he's not playing uh again the question for me is where is where is he at physically all over I mean not, not just his his shoulder which was a problem last year and you know whatever the injury is he had now and again I don't understand enough about it but I felt, you know, Bo Levi was a, there's a, he's got a great chance. If he comes back and does, you know, he likes to talk about it like Ricky Ray, you know, having a second start because they're the same age as Ricky Ray was when he came to Toronto. Um, the difference is that, you know, Ricky's injuries and things kind of bypassed him before he came to Toronto, where in Bo Levi's case, you know, he had injuries all the way through the last, well, since 2019. So, uh, you know, I hope he can play great. The league needs him to play great. I do like the young guy they played, Taylor Powell. I think he's a, a bright young guy. Um, I, you know, it's kind of an exciting time. Even the Riders with Mason Fine going against the Argos this week. You know, I was so excited to see Mason last week because these young quarterbacks are our league right now. Is we, we need some need some of them to step up, Dustin Crum style. What Dustin Crum has done is fantastic after watching him for a game and a half i turned to somebody and, and uh it was um i don't know i think calgary had a chance they, they went for it on third down and i said the guy I was watching the game with i said they just don't think this kid can come back and that he can throw well enough to beat them and that's why they're doing that's why they go for it like that 
Well, he came back and he, right after I said that, he threw three or four of the best passes I, I've seen thrown all year. So, um, you know, if guys can step up like that, Mason Fine's problem, I felt, I thought that Kelly Jeffrey gave him a, uh, I mean, you talk about putting handcuffs on a young guy. It's like how many second and long passes could you complete and then have to punt before you say, you know what, let the kids stretch the zones. Let him try to throw the ball in the crease on time and, and be able to get seven, eight yards instead of throwing four so he can get ten, you know, and that kind of thing. I just I, I just I hated the the and, and Ke- I have a lot of respect for Kelly. He was on our staff. Um I just I I didn't feel he gave Mason it. And again, that's a hard thing for a coach. If you've never had a guy, I mean, you got to, Mason finds much different that Dustin Crum comes in and he's only been in the league six games. Mason Fine has been here for almost a year and a half, two years. They've made a decision. We can win a Grey Cup with this guy. And, you know, plaudits to Craig Dickinson for staying. I mean, you, you you know, you can't play the guy one game. This is the first time now where he's really got a chance to show, am I good enough to be that guy? And that's to me that that's so crucial. I know you got to go, but I get these quarter this quarterback hey. thing has me fired up. <laughs> I can tell. Well, I appreciate the insight as always. We're watching all the time, Jim. Thanks. I appreciate this, and we'll we'll chat with you next week. Very good. Thanks, Rod. TSN analyst and five-time Grey Cup champion Jim Barker, former coach of the Stampeders, joining us from, I think, Touchdown Atlantic. More with Jeff Fairholm when we return. His rebuttal. (laughs) When we come back, two-time Grey Cup champion Jeff Fairholm with us here at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. We'll return in a moment on this Football Friday on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, WQE Radio, and Podcast. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus. Use your game sense. back live at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino in Calgary and Jeff Fairholm is with us and he does, well he's NCAA alum, two-time Grey Cup champion, but he follows the NFL too, so I gotta mention this thank you Karen, our poll question today for Key Auto Group is, uh, well first of all at Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all the vehicles they sell, get fully informed with your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca You just heard Jim Barker mention Joe Burrow went down with a calf injury with the Cincinnati Bengals. And our question is, should the Bengals be very concerned, not very concerned, or you're undecided? And the majority is saying very concerned with the injury to Joe Burrow. And I get it. He's the franchise. But Jeff Fairholm, how are you voting in that poll? Kind of depends on how bad the injury is, right? If he's he's only, if he's short time, I'm not concerned. Uh, Because he's got enough experience, he can step in and, you know, play a game tomorrow. 
Um, if it's you know somewhat long term, I'm concerned for their for their uh, for their record this year for sure. Barker said, I don't even know who the backup is. And I'm like, I don't either. I don't, <laughs> I don't either. Isn't that saying something? Yeah. Now, do you want to not rebut any of these stories because you were nodding your head when Barker was saying all of them? You guys used to hide beer in the locker room? What we was never that? really had to hide beer. You know, in my day, I mean, it's not like we were getting bombed in the locker room or anything. I mean, it was <laughs> one of those things where, you know, the, the boys would sit around and have a beer or two after practice and replenish some, from some fluids and go home. I mean, it's just the way it was. And in, when I was in Toronto, I remember Chris Coulter was the guy who would, who would sort of gather everyone together or those of us who wanted to go and in the back of his pickup truck and we'd sit on a dirt road somewhere outside of, outside of Guelph and have a few pops and then get ready to go. It was just a, it was more of a team building thing than anything. Never get enough talking about Doug Flutie and you won a great cup with him. Tell us something about Flutie that's cool. You know, he was... He was really good ad lib, which is another side, another side of it, which is why I never really meshed with Doug because I needed, you give me a route, you give me an adjustment and I'll figure it out. But Doug would literally, literally, I remember in Montreal, the only time I played in Montreal, he was literally drawing plays up in the, in the huddle. You go here, you know, Jeff, you go here, Mazzotti, you go here, you go. I was shocked and it just doesn't, didn't vibe with me, but he was so good at that stuff. And look at the way he played, you know, even his ad lib and when he's running, he was just so good at, at football and he was just such an, a tremendous athlete. It's a little surprising to me he had the success he did because coaches don't like that, as well, you know. Well, I think well, they like winning. He did a lot of that. He but. did a lot of that. I think if, you have to have the right coach. And... You know Doug's going to do that, and if you don't agree with it, then you're going to butt heads, and you're not going to win. So you have to have the right coach and the right player to, to mesh. And you know when quarterback and head coach, or and or quarterback and offensive coordinator have to mesh, and they, you know, most people did with him. It's quite interesting uh, what Jim Barker just said about the offensive play calling in Saskatchewan for Mason Fine, their young now starter with the injury to Trevor Harris. You coached for a while. I couldn't do it, man. Just to be criticized six ways from Sunday, especially Barker knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He's like, I didn't like the game plan that Kelly Jeffrey had. I couldn't do it. You know, I, di I didn't mind the game plan to start when the running game wasn't going. Because I think if the running game was going, I think that game plan was fine. And let the defense win the game. And hopefully Alford, he didn't, but hopefully Alford could score a touchdown or something. Um, I didn't mind the game plan to start. What bothered me was the lack of change throughout the game. You know, the so-called halftime adjustments didn't occur. So they just kept doing the same thing. The running game wasn't working. They were throwing the ball short. I think he was, in the first half, he was, what, 14 of 18 for 91 yards or something. And, you know, that's just not going to cut it. And especially against a good tackling team like BC, you know, you can't, you can't throw, I think Jim said, Jim said it, you can't throw you know, second and 10, throw it four yards and expect your receiver every time to get the extra six against a good tackling a team like that. That's, that's asking a lot. The Stampeders, let me tell you this, they haven't won a home game yet. You're a CFL guy, you're following the league. Should they be concerned or not concerned? I don't think they're concerned. I mean, it's the overall record that matters. Um, I think it might concern from, it might be a concern from the, uh, you know, bums in the seats kind of thing. Uh, which is, you know, a big part of the, the income for these teams. Um, but I, I wouldn't be concerned at this point in time. Uh, you know, we're having this discussion in October, maybe. But right now, it's, it's still, fair, still fairly early. Well, it's what I love about 
pro football especially, sports in general, we make these outrageous assumptions very early in the year. We do. But it's what we do. We do, but people look ahead so far. I mean, my mother-in-law was talking about when she should put her snow tires on. We haven't even gotten out of July yet. So, you know, some people are like that, right? So, yeah. yeah. To, to each their own. But, yes, but again, I, I, I see it from both sides because I talked to a guy this morning, a broadcaster who, pro guy, and uh, he just said, I can't do it anymore. The world's changed. Um, and I, I get that. Because everybody's got a voice, And right? social media now, right? That's what I mean. Yeah, it used to be just the call-in shows. And, you know, somebody might write, you know, somebody a, a letter to the editor or something. Now it's like, oh, my God, everybody has an opinion. And they're hiding behind, you know, an, Anonymous an names, yeah. So everybody has an opinion. It's, it's tough to be playing and coaching and doing anything in sports these days. Yeah, well, it's just interesting. We'll wind this up with Jeff. Uh, we'll see if maybe come back in the next segment. But we got some time here. Just uh, in Sask, I remember, because it's a small league in the CFL, so we would have friends, the same as you, that would go to other teams. But they know what it's like to play for Sask, because they did. And they said that they would sit on the bus, the visiting team, outside Taylor Field and turn the radio on to the post-game show. Especially if they just kicked the riders' butt, which most teams did. And they would just go, oh my God. I made the this mistake. Is bad. I made the mistake after my first game to listen to the call-in show. Don't do that. Never again. I mean, you know, they weren't saying anything bad about me, thank goodness. But, you know, just yeah, you just don't want to hear that stuff because you want everybody to be a positive, you know, positive fan, and it's just not like that out there. We do have some questions from uh, the viewers. John in Winnipeg. John Ohm says, Jeff, any rule changes you would like to see in the CFL, or any other changes besides the rules? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I would say no. I hadn't thought about it. My, my initial reaction would be no, not at this point. Um, I liked what they did with the hashes and you know things like that and moving the ball up and making, making scoring better. But has it really affected the game? I don't think it has. So making rule changes to make rule changes I'm not a fan of. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about the Rouge. Don't ever get rid of that. You know. How could you get rid of I that? I love the Rouge. I think it's, so do I. it makes the game. But a lot of people don't like it. They, a lot of people don't like awarding a point for a missed field goal, as an example. But, you know, I like it. It's, just, it's one of those things that makes the Canadian game what it is. I don't think it should be taken out at all. But what if they did take out the missed field goal portion? You can still score a single on a kickoff sure. and a punt. Yeah. That should be enough. I'm okay with compromise. I've been married a long time. Yeah, exactly. Successfully, <laughs> yes. So, uh, any last thoughts, Jeff? Enjoying summer? Enjoying life? I'm enjoying the summer. Um, I wish the riders were, you know, didn't have so many injuries. And um, it, it, I do a little um, seven-minute radio deal before the game every 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 week. And you know, it seems like I'm always talking about negative things. And, and, and it's unfortunate because I only talk about the offense. So, I wish they would play a little bit better. I think uh, I wish that the riders would settle down. Uh, I don't like hearing about all the talk right now about <clears throat> Dickinson getting fired and everything else. They're not going to fire him. Let him go. They're not going to fire him right now. Wait till the end of the season. So stay positive. You know, it's nice outside. Let's let's all enjoy try it. enjoy enjoy our CFL. It's a unique place, as Lancaster said. If they haven't heard a rumor by noon, they start one. Yeah, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jeff Fairholm, two-time Great Cup champion. Thanks for coming down. 
My pleasure. Enjoy touchdown Atlanta. Yeah, we'll see you at the races, hopefully. Look forward to that. Overtime is next. we got a sports update and audience takeover. We are live from Century Downs on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, podcast, and YouTube Live. It's overtime for the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Football League. we got some NFL news coming up for you on this Football Friday. That's a good look at Century Downs Racetrack and Casino, the Chuck Wagon World Finals here at the WPCA, August 23rd to 27th. You can get your tickets now at showpass.com on uh, Saturday. It is Packwood Grand. I'm very much looking forward to that. And we will be watching Touchdown Atlantic 2 p.m. Mountain in the Sports Lounge if you care to join us. A little de facto watch party. Sports update on this Friday. European champions England beat Denmark 1-0 at the FIFA Women's World Cup in Sydney, Australia already this morning. England leads Group D at 2-0. Denmark, my country, my countrymen, fall to 1-1, country women. I guess. Meanwhile, China picked up its first victory by downing winless 81-all. Canada finishes the group stage Monday with a pivotal game against the co-host Australians. The Toronto Blue Jays open a three-game series with the LA Angels at Rogers Centre tonight. Toronto sends ace Kevin Gosman to the mound against LA's Lucas Giolito. The Blue Jays currently occupy the American League's third wildcard spot. Should be a fun Weekend, Jays come out of uh, beating the Dodgers in the midweek series at L.A. and now return home to face the Angels, a team that served notice that they are going for it. So a great measuring stick for the Blue Jays, who are actually, was it a win ahead of where they were last year? The Ottawa Red Blacks will go for their first three-game win streak in five years when they host the Ticats tonight to kick off Week 8 in the CFL. Rookie quarterback Dustin Crum led the Red Blacks to back-to-back OT wins since taking over from Jeremiah Masoli three weeks ago. Veteran quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell makes his return for the Ticats. That was tremendous analysis from Jim Barker uh, earlier this hour when he said the second he heard the Ticats were taking him off the six-game injured list early to practice this week, he knew that he was going to play. That was like on Tuesday because he said that he wouldn't, they wouldn't have done that if they weren't going to play him. That's what makes Jim Barker really good in his role as an analyst now on TSN. So from Miami this morning, home of the Dolphins, uh, Jalen Ramsey set for surgery today, addressed his Miami Dolphins teammates Thursday about the injury that he suffered in practice this week and told him not to worry or feel sorry for him. The six-time Pro Bowl corner suffered a torn meniscus in his left knee Thursday. He's expected to miss the start of the regular season. But he vowed that he could beat whatever timeline for a doctor's return. Uh, head coach Mike McDaniel spoke with the Miami media today and said, quote, his speech really moved a lot of people. His vow to come back early. McDaniel said Ramsey is having surgery this afternoon to repair the tear and his timeline for return won't be known until the procedure is complete. The injury happened in an 11-on-11 drill during Miami's second practice of camp. McDaniel said it was a non-contact injury that happened while he was matched up against receiver Tyreek Hill. Ramsey and Hill collided on the play, but the injury 
happened before the contact, McDaniel said. The Dolphins acquired the all-pro corner in a trade with the L.A. Rams in March. He's supposed to be key to their Super Bowl hopes. And now he's gone, they're thinking, six to eight weeks. That sucks. Sports updates brought to you in part by Landmark Cinemas. In theaters, August 4th, Meg 2, The Trench. Meg 2 is an upcoming science fiction film based on the 1999 book The Trench by Steve Elton, serving as a sequel to the 2018 film The Meg. It stars Jonas Taylor as a rescue driver, a west rescue diver, and they follow him through his encounter with a 75-foot-long megalodon shark. Meg 2, The Trench, in theaters August 4th. So we enjoy you playing along with us for two hours and the live studio audience down here at um, Century Downs today. Brian writes in on the Progressive Insurance text line. He says, another outstanding RP show. This is Brian and Bose is your Manitoba. He says, already looking forward to next week's slate. Have a great weekend and enjoy the games that you all are watching. Thank you, Brian. I can guarantee you this. Kelly Rudy will be here on Wednesday. The NHL great goaltender. Uh, Hockey Night in Canada analyst, Calgary Flames TV color man. Kelly Rudy's going to be in that chair on Wednesday, if anybody cares to join us. Allie in Texarkana says, have a great weekend, RP squad. Great show as always, Rod and crew. I appreciate you, Allie, sticking through through all of that Canadian Football League talk. But uh, it's a great league. We love it a lot. We're going to be watching a lot of the games this weekend. Sports on tap. Tonight that we like to do, that we'll be following, we mentioned the Blue Jays home to the Angels. Ottawa Red Blacks home to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. There are three games in the Canadian Elite Basketball League tonight. The Calgary Surge on the road. They visit the Saskatchewan Rattlers. Sastel Center tonight. Get out there and get your tickets to support the most up-and-coming pro league in Canada. We love it so much. Uh, the Brampton Honey Badgers are at the Scarborough Shooting Stars tonight. I'm not sure if any of these are on TSN, but you can go to their website and check out more, cebl.ca. And the Montreal Alliance are at the Niagara River Lions. So if you're in those areas, get a ticket and go check it out. Here in Calgary, you can get in for just 37 bucks. It's amazing. Last minute of play in today's RP show. And the week. Randy in Winnipeg predicts Argos 44, Riders 13. How about that? Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah. Should have been asking all the viewers for their predictions throughout the course of this two-hour show today. Too late now. So on Monday, we already know Gus Ferrat will be joining us as he's stiffest today, the Pro Bowl NFL quarterback from Pittsburgh. Always looking forward to getting on the bus with Gus. Thanks to Jeff Fairholm. Thanks to Jim Barker. Thanks to the folks that came down here to Century Downs today. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here noon Eastern on Monday on Game Plus WQEE. Podcast and, of course, YouTube Live. Be safe. Bob Geronco. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.